Greetings, friends, neighbors, members of our community here in beautiful sunny Las Vegas. It's the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. News Talk AM 840 KXNT. I'm back in the saddle together with Ash, the OG crew together. Ash, you there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Mike's just working. didn't know when you were going to introduce me or you were just going to continue. <laughs> No, no, just letting no. you have the saddle, no. you know, just no, no, no. I was in the saddle. So I thought I'd take it. Um, wow. Uh, so what is it now? It's just after two o'clock while uh, we're waiting. Everyone is uh, got their breath drawn in uh, looking to see if there are results, not results of the verdict coming in on the Rittenhouse case. So we'll talk a little bit about that this hour. And obviously, any late-breaking developments, we'll bring those to you. So you do not want to turn the dial. This is your place for this coverage. Late-breaking developments will be shared live, as they always are on this program. Um, Ash, I was uh, – I didn't tell you this. I was in Miami over the weekend. I did tell you that part of it. But I uh, – Miami is like Vegas on the beach. Uh, it's – you know, it's got a lot of the – you know, good food and, and – um, Crazy driving, and it's it's great. I, I witnessed something in a restaurant. I have I don't think I've ever I've ever what seen happened? or not seen recently. What happened? Okay, so uh, I yeah I waited very very long for my for my food, and and it, it was one of those places that does a strict two hour limit, and they tell you it's a two hour limit, and uh, and it was you know we ordered like it took an hour basically to get. To, uh, basically an hour into af- into the meal, well, after ordering the, the main course, it still wasn't there. And our two hours were up, and we're like, okay, we're out of here. So wait, so, wait, time out, time out. I'm, I'm losing track of your timeline. You, it took an hour for you to order? It took an it hour, took an hour from to order. ordering? Okay. Yeah, all right. It took an hour to order, and the food didn't get there. But while we're waiting, I, that's actually not the part of the story. Good reminder. The part of the story that I have, so right before we got our main course, our real main course, the we got food that wasn't our food and we told the waiter this isn't our food and the waiter goes well yeah it is (laughs) no i think i know what i ordered like these like clam linguine or whatever not my thing so i said no it really isn't our food so he leaves and comes like consults somebody else that takes 15 minutes to just determine whether or not it's your food Correct. or not? Correct. They come, okay. they apologize, they take our food, and then give it to the table next to us. Did you have a French fry or anything off of no, your No, but it's, that's disgusting, isn't <laughs> I it? Agree. Yeah, I agree. And, and the guy next to us, I'm, I'll just say this, apparently he's one of the, one of the principals, like f- co-founders, code writers for TikTok. And they were there from, he lives in Canada, apparently. And he ate the clam linguine that was sitting in front of me at this restaurant for, for literally for 15 minutes. So gross. Um, that was the one exception to otherwise great meals. I love, love the food in Miami. And it, it's – I love the Miami weather. I just so love that did you, tropical yeah, Did you even get air. your dinner though? I mean no, it sound, you left after two hours? No, I, I – no. We, 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 the, the, the dinner, our main course came after we already settled the check and we're like, no, we, we can't wait any longer. So, um, wow. you know, I still left a tip. I still did everything, you know, right, quote unquote, but I would never go back to this place again. Did they kick you out after two hours or no, did you No, I kicked just... myself out. Okay. I was like, that my was two nice. hours is up. 
That was yeah, nice. I mean, you. look, you guys obviously need the table for someone who's um, willing to eat, eat whatever. Else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eat whatever you they put in front of me. I just that's that's the way that this place operates. So, well, I'm sorry that your one meal was a bad experience, but uh, I, glad to hear everything else was good. Thank you. Well, I I really enjoyed your show with with Robbie yesterday. That was great. Love um, that he was able to be on the program. A worthy fill-in uh, for me. So thank you. That was that's very flattering. Yeah, we um, had fun. Yeah, and I I tell you, and I know we we talked about this this morning with Alan on the Alan Stock Show. We just it's this Rittenhouse case. I am boiling over with with just. Frustrate. I mean, frustration, but also I'm, I just think it's despicable that this prosecution even went forward. And one of the developments that we had yesterday was that the gun charge, which I've long supposed was the one charge that would stick here because it's mechanically – I assume mechanically it was sound, meaning the elements of it were clear, they're, they're identifiable, and they're, they're not subject to any kind of – I guess interpretation, right? It's it's all well, you know. How old is the kid? Yes. Is this a gun versus a rifle? I assume they figured that out based on the length of the barrel. And I, I thought that we how how are we at the end of the trial figuring out that the barrel length is too long to be covered by the statute that the, he was charged under? And it's one of the examples that is stacking up over and over again of a prosecutor that knowingly, in my view, knowingly overcharged this guy, Rittenhouse. Yeah, you know, we talked about it yesterday when you weren't here. If you're listening and you want to hear that, go to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But yeah, absolutely. We, we've we gone into how this prosecution, where they indicted Rittenhouse very quickly, rather than taking their time and evaluating all of the evidence. I mean, the one thing that's so fascinating about this case is and the reason I consider it to be so interesting to the public right now is because no one really understood the facts of what happened that night until now. The media had their way with the story for over for a year and told one story, and now here we are. And, and we're at a point where a prosecutor has not been questioned by anyone, let alone the media, his supervisor, his boss – the actual elected district attorney as to this one charge that appeared on its face to be the easiest to prove age 17 check rifle size, barrel length check prosecution guilty but they didn't measure the gun i don't know and here we are at the end of the trial having to dismiss an entire charge yeah i uh, i know but i i push back on one thing the the da here has been a pivotal figure his name's mike gravely um he's the guy so the way it typically works, in case you're not familiar with the, the, these, this prosecutor's office is led by a political um, elected official, the district attorney. The district attorney then has staff attorneys that are assistant district attorneys. We call them prosecutors. They're the trial attorneys that go to court on his behalf or her behalf, in this case a he. So Mike Gravely or Gravely, however you pronounce it, is the DA in Kenosha. And he, he's the one, right? He, the, whenever there's any kind of a big high profile case, it goes, you know, the boss decides. So here, the DA, he's the one who made the decision to move forward on all these charges. But the, the funniest part about it is he didn't decide to prosecute this high profile case himself. And, and we as lawyers, 
it's interesting to us, right? Because we know that when there's a high profile case, a big case, a big prosecution, um, and and I will say this too, a, a straightforward slam dunk, a lot of times the DA will themselves take the case and prosecute it, you know, with a team, of course, in court. The fact the DA didn't do this, he charged, he overcharged, he did it very quickly within days of this investigation was not complete. You know, they did not review all the evidence. They didn't have all the, nearly all the evidence collected. This has all come out now in the trial. The DA decides to file charges, and and they don't. And and yeah, Ash, you're right. They don't even but, but sure, measure I'm, the gun. Now I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back on you. Sure, Gravely might have filed the indictment against Rittenhouse, but every prosecutor that touches a case has an evaluation of what the evidence is on that day that the case lands on their desk, and whether or not they can prove the charges that are brought. And so, Binger, he's the one who's up there. He's trial counsel right now, and he needed to independently evaluate whether or not the evidence supported these charges. And so, while Gravely indicted Rittenhouse and got us here. Binger had any at any point could have reevaluated and and that's something I always thought was interesting when I was working in a prosecutor's office in law school is watching how prosecutors move around especially in large attorneys offices and so they don't necessarily try the case that they've filed and so they're less interested or they look at it with a different lens and so I the prosecution whole uh, the office failed our system there is an on, ongoing – yeah, I, I agree. I mean I, there's an ongoing duty to review that evidence, and you can't charge – again, a prosecutor is not a, um, a, an, an advocate for the state and the state only. The prosecutor's duty in every jurisdiction with you know, some degree of variance, but it basically is – the prosecutor is responsible for justice. And justice, the administration, the even-handed administration of justice, which includes obviously the the interests of the defendant and and the, the defendant's right to not be charged with charges that the prosecutor knows can't be proven in court. And I I I've, I've said this now a number of times. You know, we'll see. This case will play out however it does. I'll be very surprised if there's a guilty verdict on any of these remaining counts. Very surprised. I want to talk to. I want to hear about that. I want to hear your your take on it. Well, I think that I I think you know, and I went through last night when I got back. I I, I listened to the closing arguments, but one of the most in- interesting things that that fascinates me always is the jury instructions, right? So the, there was a lengthy hearing uh, in which, by the way, the gun charge ended up being dis- uh, dismissed. But as part of that hearing, at the very end, they the parties outside of the earshot of the jury, the jury's gone. The, the 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 court, the judge, together with the prosecutor and with the defense attorneys, they hash out what the law is, what the instructions is on the law. In fact, we just heard a few minutes ago that the jurors asked for more of those written jury instructions, copies of them to review. So clearly they're reading the law. Now, the, to, the, the statute in Wisconsin, the, the uh, self-defense statute is – very favorable to Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. And this is something as important to understand. One, there's uh, no stand your ground. And this, we I think a lot of people learned first about the standard ground rule when the case of Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin, uh, you know, the security guard, the guy that shot uh, dead a teenager, 
and you know the, he was acquitted. It was a, a self-defense ruling, and there was no stand your ground, um, or there was stand your ground. And it was that that issue came out in that in that case. Here, um, there's not there's not even a stand your ground element to it, and and there's not a there's not a a, a requirement that there be a, a perception that you're going to die even. It's just there's an interference. The language is, you know, having some kind of substantial bodily interference with your body and person, and that's very loosey goosey language. It's very broad language, I think, that mm-hmm. leaves a, a, an enormous opening for the, for the defense, for the jury evaluating this, to side with the defense. Because again, you've got you've got on video both of the decedents in this case, the victims, quote unquote. Right, them, them attacking him and advancing upon him while threatening violence. And so yeah. to the reasonable, to the objective, reasonable person standard, it, it, and, and, even, and certainly to the subjective, you know, in the first person, what was Kyle Rittenhouse thinking in the moment as, as was his name, Huber was swinging his chain at him, threatening to kill him, or when... You well, I think Rosen, Huber was the Rosenbaum one threatening with the skateboard. to skateboard. Yeah, yeah. Rosenbaum was the one with the chain. Regardless, I mean, as they were as they were literally advancing upon him and swinging and lunging at him, uh, I so to me, I look at this. It's to, it all comes down to the instruction, the law in Wisconsin on on self defense. And if you and in the jury instructions of going back and forth, back and forth, but basically the judge ultimately agreed that if there is a perfect self defense, right? If if there if they the jury gets to self defense, then they ha- then they're they're basically they're dismissing not just the top charge, but all the other ancillary we'll call them call the, the lesser, lesser charge. Inclu- yeah, they're lesser included offenses. Yeah. Yeah. And I so to me I absolutely would be dumbfounded if this jury comes back with anything other than a not guilty on all, all charges at this yeah, point. Yeah, I, I think that he'll get an acquittal on two and maybe a hung jury on another, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, we have to take a quick break, Ash. We'll be back uh, after this following the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial that is out to the jury. And we'll talk a little bit about what jury deliberations are like. I think a lot of people kind of wondering about that if they've never been on a jury. What is going on in their room and what you can tell based on the questions that they ask the judge. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What's Right Show with Sam and Ash here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Discover hundreds of exclusive music stations for music fans, built by music fans, only on Odyssey. Find your new daily groove or weekend mood on the Odyssey app, brought to you in part by Macy's, Geico, and Coke Zero Sugar. And here we go. You're listening to the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash on News Talk AM 840 KXNT, your two favorite Las Vegas attorneys. Ash, have you have you ever been on a jury? You know what? I haven't. I've gone. I've been summoned and sat in the room all day, but I've never been actually even questioned. I never got to that point. Oh, you never even got questioned. Um, yeah, bummer. Interesting. I uh, I've only been on a jury once on a federal jury in a criminal case as an alternate, um, and and so I didn't end up getting called. Uh, to to deliberate because by the time it went uh, the trial ended or it and it went to went to jury for deliberation there were enough jurors so now I have a qu- I have a question were yeah. you an alternate did you know you were an alternate when the 
jury was impaneled and, and testimony started, or were you determined to be an alternate at the end of the case? Yeah, see, that's good. I that's a that's a great question. I, I knew I was an alternate and I like the I like courts and jurisdictions. Federal court, that's how they do it. Uh, and and I like courts and jurisdictions that do it like what you're seeing right now in Kenosha, where they impanel a full group of jurors, more than the 12 that they're going to need, where clearly some will be alternates. By the way, they have alternates so that in case somebody gets sick or somebody gets dismissed, they have enough – they have at least 12 when they go into into deliberation. So – but what I like about the system is that they've got all 18 people at the – by the end of the trial, 18 people on the uh, – on that are alternates and regular jurors. They don't know who's who, so they're all paying attention as if they are likely to be deliberating on the case. And I, I think that's a I think that's a personal better system. Yeah, I agree. It holds everyone accountable while the testimony is going on, evidence is being uh, presented. I just it was a little funny how they went about it this morning. That if you haven't seen it, they basically had uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the defendant in this trial, this national that's getting national attention, basically play like a Price is Right game. It was almost like put a plinko tile down a board and see where it lands and that person's eliminated um, or an alternate. And so, uh, but I like it. I'm with you. I, I think holding jurors accountable so no one checks out is important. But tell what, me, tell me yeah. about what your experience was in the deliberation because well, that's where I, this jury, jury is now. So no, I, I didn't, I, ne- I never went in the deliberation. Oh, but you, you didn't? You, no, I didn't. But what, I, what I'm, so I, I'm prefacing it with saying I've never, I've been on a jury but never gone into the deliberation room. Now you and I, have spoken to a lot of jurors after trials go through. So here's – as attorneys, we're not allowed to speak to any jurors for the pendency of the trial. As soon as the trial's over, the verdict is in, the judge almost always reads an, a, an instruction, something along the lines of, thank you so much for your service. And it, you know the, the attorneys on both sides might be very eager to, to, will be very eager to talk to you. You don't have to talk to them, but if you do, you're more than free to do so. And then becomes this little – frenzy at, at the end of the trial because especially I think if you haven't gotten a good result, you want to know why. Yeah. And you, it's it's very important feedback. Uh, a, a good lawyer, in my view, will get over himself and being butthurt and being having lost and will immediately go to the jury to see, okay, well, let me let me tell you ask you, you know, why is it that you 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 chose uh, decided against my client? And um, and so uh, so it's one thing that's very interesting about jury rooms, and, and that's what I've just found talking to people after the fact is that there's always a strong personality that takes over. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always somebody, and, and oftentimes not who you would expect. Now it's and and so you know, and usually that person will become the foreman, but not always, which is another interesting thing. Where that's but that's there's always a strong personality that leads the room. And that wins people, and the 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 room. It's the the funnier thing about it is that it's a room of people who otherwise would never get together. Now, some become friends, some don't. Right? They they if they spend a long time in an intense trial together, um, they can get quite close. They can get quite mad at each other as well. But there's always a strong personality that leads it. And one of the challenging things for a lawyer is to you know is to figure out you know how to how to play to and 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 really speak to the decision maker in the room because there there are people that will go go with the flow 
Well, I'm a the, little, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say the critical thing to always remember in criminal cases, all it takes is one juror to hold out in either direction. And that can lead to a hung jury and that, that can occur on single counts and single charges. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, it, it is interesting. The fact that it's out to jury now for th- what has been a few hours and still nothing. Um, we will talk more about this when we get back. We got a quick break. We got a take right now. You're listening to What's the Right Show with Sam and Ash, News Talk AM 840, following the Rittenhouse case that is out to the jury, waiting to hear back. Don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. Alan Stock here. I'm a veteran radio broadcaster here in the Las Vegas area for over 22 years. What's Right with Sam and Ash is a show to listen to, something to not miss. Every weekday live for one hour starting at 2 p.m. right here on AM840 KXNT. You can also get more of Sam and Ash, my legal team, on my Vegas Today show every Tuesday morning at 8.30. So stay tuned in because you deserve what's right. Well, it's a bottom of the hour here, 2 o'clock, 2.30, uh, somewhere around there. And you're listening to The What's Right Show with Sam and Ash here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. You've seen us on the billboards. You've seen the TV ads. And here we are, two real people on the radio live uh, coming to you from our beautiful downtown Las Vegas office. Ash, a lot of this discussion here about Kenosha, Wisconsin – and this this kid, right, the Kyle Rittenhouse, now he's 18. Okay, so he's an adult. Uh, when he was 17, this happened. Uh, he had an assault weapon. He went out into a riot. He was clearly attacked. We've all seen the videos. So in spite of what the prosecution's saying, I mean, this to me is a straightforward, according to our law here in Nevada, and certainly according to Wisconsin law, is a straightforward self-defense case. I think one of the reasons that matters so much to me beside my outrage over the prosecutors and how unethical they are. I'm always infuriated by unethical lawyers, especially when they have, are given police powers. But I think one of the reasons that really hits home is that you know, with this attack, this constant attack from the left at policing and against the police and agitation that you know, and, and now with all the vaccine mandates and, and, and it being – it's just been impossible. I mean we, we've been – even before all of this, right, we've been suffering from here in Las Vegas of staffing shortages at Metro and other agencies. You know, a lot of times when something bad happens, a good guy with a gun can stop it before the bad guy does more bad stuff, and it – you know, we're, we're a shall-issue state for permits. We're an open carry state. We are a state that believes in the Second Amendment. And we understand, and there are plenty of examples that never get charged here of people who, you know, of people who, who shoot to protect themselves. And, you know, and use, in some cases, deadly force to stop felonies from happening against themselves and their persons. And I remember... During the our own BLM riots here, and remember, uh, this was what was it in the summer? So uh, summer last year when we were just coming out of COVID, we reopened in June, mm-hmm. and then and then bam, we went to these these riots, and our office downtown here, I knew was in in a zone of danger, 
and I and I and I and I did. I at one point I thought to myself, you know, am I going to have to go down there and defend our business? Like, what am I? What, am, what are we going to do here? Because I mean, I I was just thinking we got big plate glass windows, and the thought of them getting smashed. And we just come out of COVID. We were just barely getting on our feet as a business. And then we watched across the country where the police had given up, were given stand down orders by politicians who were looking to please, I don't know, pacify this radical, divisive element within our country. And what did they do? Did they give up their own homes? No. They gave up our businesses, they gave up our safety. They put us in harm's way, and thank gosh we've got Metro here, and we've got we have local politicians who didn't do any of that. We were lucky here in Vegas, and and Sheriff Lombardo stepped it up, and clearly, you know, with with support from 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 the politicians here. I mean, for the most part, you know, we averted any serious uh, any serious uh, pain. Uh, but I look at these, you know, these videos now coming out of this trial of bringing back memories. I remember that one night of protests near riots here in Las Vegas. I was up all night looking at our video cameras that we have externally on the building, and and I, it was a sleepless night for me, just monitoring the building and making sure the building was okay. Yeah, and and I I agree, and that's what politicians need to stand up and they need to protect their communities and here that didn't happen based on everything that was going on in the political climate post george floyd post jacob blake and so they you know they it's almost like the government brought about these this con the consequences of this rittenhouse case by their very own actions wouldn't you agree yeah look there's a um today right as this case is going to the jury Jen Psaki, spokesperson for the Biden administration, for the White House press secretary, gets up and has the gall to say that we don't want vigilantes. He's referencing Rittenhouse. She's saying that she's speaking in general mm -hmm. terms, but we shouldn't have vigilantes, direct quote, patrolling our communities with assault weapons. Well, Jen, I have to tell you, maybe we wouldn't have these vigilante commandos walking around if you and your people didn't dump on the police every 10 seconds didn't discourage the police and didn't and look it's 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 these democrat run cities right this is the worst kept secret it's democrat run cities that let the cities burn to the ground yeah. appeasement does not work on criminals this is this is these were felonies they create if you burn down a building it's worth a million dollars two million dollars five million dollars five hundred thousand dollars that's a felony in most jurisdictions punishable by a decade or more in prison none of yeah, these people none, yeah. very few people are charged yeah no prosecutions on those instead we decided to make a case against who kyle rittenhouse and why why? Well, because they called him a white supremacist. They called him, as a prosecutor, an active shooter. They called him the bad guy. And everybody who doesn't look at the primary sources for themselves and, and goes and watches TV and, 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 and maybe doesn't even read the whole article, reads the headline, 
everybody was nodding their heads going, yeah, yeah, this is crazy. Some guy went out there and was just like picking fights and then shooting people dead. Yeah, F that guy. He's going to jail. And yeah, based on that assessment, absolutely. A guy that a guy so described guilty of that to jail. But not this guy, and the problem is is that Kyle Rittenhouse could be you. If you're listening to this program and you have a gun and you've got property in the city, and and you know, and like me, I I live near down. I live a mile from you know two miles from my office. I mean, these riots, the, this hits home. And we've got elections coming up in the city, and and gosh knows who we end up with as mayor and as governor, but it matters. It matters. And if you don't have the right leadership, if you have the kind of nimby pimby appeasement mentality oh it's black lives matter it's, a, it's a, this is these people are terrorists there's no other way around it this this is this is a critical critical thing for for us here in, in, in las vegas and i love the fact i again i'll say it again i love the fact that sheriff lombardo wouldn't stand for it and metro mobilized and and god bless every one of those officers that was out there. If if you're listening and you were working then, and you, I'm sure you were because everyone was on call and on the clock, uh, and we are grateful, deeply grateful for your service. So, I'm I'm literally this is such a this is such an important issue, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm ah uh, getting too too involved in it. No, it really is, and it's critical that we reiterate that we should have never been in this place to begin with. We should have known the facts from the outset when so many people were invested in this story because they believed the facts that they were told. Like they understood Rittenhouse as a vigilante white supremacist who killed two protesters or three, two protesters and wounded another. And that's not what we're finding out. And so, and we've got to also look at politicians and, and how our government let these rioters get away and these looters, get away and and now it's all turning on kyle rittenhouse it, it can't happen there is a name i want to mention uh and when we come back from the break um his name is jacob gardner um jake gardner uh was a guy who much like kyle rittenhouse uh, stood up uh he was defending his bar he stood up to some protesters quote unquote and he ended up shooting one of them who had threatened him with his life. And a, a, a prosecutor in Omaha, Nebraska, in Douglas County, took the case to the grand jury. The grand jury, under influence from all of this news that was flying through the air, Black Lives Matters, racist white people shooting black people dead, returned an indictment. It was a nonsensical case that never, ever should have gone to the grand jury to begin with. It went only to the grand jury because the prosecutor knew, I mean, knew he couldn't even sign his own signature to it. Well, that man in his quest to fight the prosecutor and all this ended up taking his life. He was a Marine veteran who had served our country, was illegally carrying a gun. I want to talk about that when we come back. These, these prosecutors, these prosecutors gone wild. This needs to stop. You're listening to The What's Right Show with Sam and Ash here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Make your mornings right. Glenn Beck at 6. 
Vegas at 8 with Alan Stock and Dana at 9. Breaking news, thought starters, and opinions for Southern Nevada. News Talk 840, KXNT. Stay connected. Salmon Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Salmon Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. And welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show with uh, Sam and Ash here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Ash, if somebody misses any part of this program, where do they go? Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's it. Uh, I know I know a number of people are now finding us and downloading the podcast. You'll want to subscribe so you get updates whenever the uh, podcast drops, usually within an hour or so of our broadcast. So if you miss any portion of it, it's there for your listening pleasure at your convenience. So right before the break, uh, talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, case that now is in the hands of the jury, uh, apparently no decision yet. It does not look like we're going to have that uh, today. Uh, tensions obviously very high. There is a case, uh, and again, we, one of the things that we find so abhorrent about this is that this case even got this far to begin with. These prosecutors that were on this case overcharged, and did so, frankly, obviously for political reason and political gain. Neither the DA uh, or any other powers that be wanted to be the ones to have to go to the community and say, hey, there's nothing here. Sorry. You know, we understand you're angry. They didn't want to do that. So they punted it to the the jury, decided to proceed with this farce. Uh, And now if the jury comes back, uh, you know, you already see it now in the, in the news media about uh, this a jury, mostly white jury. That's how they're being described by the mainstream media, mostly white jury. You can see where they're headed with this. And the yeah. narrative when they get acquitted is going to be what? Oh, white privilege, I'm going to guess. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're going to say basically that this was a, this was a white, white jury, you know, Republicans, you know. Blah, blah. And 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 it, it's an it's an it, they really put the jurors individually in a harm's way on this. There's that p- part of it too, and set up incidentally a, a whole nother trigger for more riots. Of course, there's, there's no no sides going to feel vindicated at the end of this result. You're going to either have angry people that think this these charges should have never been brought, as we've discussed and we believe, and and that this was a miscarriage of justice altogether, uh, and that he was really entitled to self defense, and or you're going to have a, an acquittal on all charges, and then it's white supremacy, no justice, no peace, and we'll have riots on that end. So. It, but the, again, the only people that win at the end of the day when, when there's unrest by the, the public is the mainstream media. I mean, it's their fault. There was a, a similar incident. It's funny, the, the factually lines up quite closely to this one. There's a gentleman named Jake Gardner. He was a Marine veteran. He served in Iraq and in Haiti. Uh, and he uh, uh, was protecting his bar he was a, uh, during last summer's Black Lives Matter riots. This was in, I believe, Omaha, Nebraska. And he, uh, he had, his dad was there. His dad just got attacked by the mob. They were taunting him. And finally, there was a guy that jumped on his back, began choking him. And uh, Jake Gardner ended up fatally shooting 
his attacker. The DA there, politically motivated, wanting to appease the Black Lives Matter terrorists, uh, decided to charge, uh, sent the case to the grand jury. They returned um, an indictment against Jay Gardner, and in this process, uh, under tremendous pressure, Jay Gardner killed himself. It's an absolutely tragic story, and now, um, just a couple months ago, there was news that came down with the family is uh, suing the county, the special prosecutor, and the attorney general's office uh, through a wrongful death claim, which, you know, just for separate comment is, I think, I don't know, Ash, I think it's pretty a tough, tough road to go, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but a, uh, it's an abusive process uh, claim, really, essentially against against the government. And I I think there's a, a takeaway here, and we know we've got a lot of listeners in the audience who are pro law enforcement and they're pro law and order, as we are too. But as attorneys that have seen the dark side of law enforcement and seen bad actors do what they do, and seen prosecutors such as the ones in this in the Rittenhouse case you've you've got to be careful you know when we go to vote and when we listen to the rhetoric coming from our our future political leaders when they're running for election the give more power to the prosecutor the 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 without any checks and balances is not the way to go and there's an excellent piece I'm looking to see who who had it um there's a I think it's Brett Tolman and Kurt Altman for Fox News, and the title of it is The Rittenhouse Case is a Cautionary Tale for Conservative Legislatures, meaning specifically state legislatures in the country that are, that are, uh, that are leaning conservative because they tend to create structures in which prosecutors have more unchecked power. And you know, and it, it, you might think it can work in the moment to, to achieve what you want to achieve, but the important thing is, is that the pendulum will swing the other way. And a guy will come into office that wields power that you don't like. And it's really important that when you give police powers to departments and organizations within our government, that there's oversight. And so I think, you know, I, to me, that's the importance of being pro police and pro law enforcement, pro law and order, but at the same time being pro accountability. Yeah, and that's what we talk about on here. And that's we're in the accountability business and what we do day in and day out as local attorneys in Vegas. We hold people accountable when they don't live up to society's expectations or their professional obligations. And and so uh, I agree with you. Prosecutors, their power needs to be checked consistently, but we need to also check the check them through facts. And we have to not just read headlines. We need to do our own kind of investigative journalism. It's hard, but you've got to you've got to read and you've got to decipher what's really happening for yourself. You can't trust any one news outlet to give it to you how it really is. Well, that's true. Um except for the Babylon Bee, which just <laughs> ran a <laughs> ran a story today saying that um that um Kyle Rittenhouse has asked the judge to be able to go outside of the courtroom for the reading of the verdict so he could defend the courthouse. I don't know if that's true, but I'm um, – no, it's a satire site, of course. It's, um, it's, it's, it's hilarious. The Babylon Beast has some great material. But here, here's – you know, there really a lot of news is presented with a bias. And the minute 
you know, we no one has the time to read through every primary source there is on an issue. Sure, so, I'm not saying so. Yeah, that. so we rely on 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 stuff to be. You know, we we look at the news and we we and a lot of people take it at face value. But you can't. But, but you can't. And and it's it's true really on both sides. Some stuff that I read, um, some stuff that I read, uh, you know, on Fox News, I'm just like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. And and the same is true, of course, uh, on CNN, which I do want to get into after we get past this verdict here, Ash. There was a, a tremendous piece over the weekend on CNN.com, taking apart the the whole intrigues within the White House right now, the, the, the conflict between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Apparently, oh, they I've don't like each riff. other. Yeah, yeah. This is this is fascinating. The fact that now it's getting into this into CNN. And it's fascinating to me too that the, the the tension there. I think the CNN spin on it actually seems to favor Harris, but they're also terrified that she's not nearly competent to fill in or step in. Should they completely eviscerate Biden? That they're playing this very delicate and awkward back and forth. So I I think provided that we we have time tomorrow, I think it'd be fun to digest some of that and give some give some insights into it. All right. Well, I won't eat, so I can digest it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, like that, our super fast hour of radio has whizzed on by. Um, as per usual, I always like to remind you that the, the podcast uh, of the program, the entire podcast is available of the show, both on Spotify and on Apple iTunes. Uh, so you can go on there, uh, subscribe, so you can get updates and get everything here. Uh, you can see our social media on uh, What's Right Show, at What's Right Show, and then at Ash the Attorney. See all her cute Rocky pictures on there. <laughs> and I'm uh, What's Right Sam on social media, so do follow us for up-to-the-minute updates. And we look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Have a great day.